I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, Riding the Pine. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Riding the Pine. Man, do I have some thoughts on who should have been riding the pine. <sighs> so many different ways we could start this podcast. But can we just start with Reggie? And I don't mean Bullock. You mean Regi? Regi Millar? There's so... Okay, when you prep to call a Mavericks game, if there's one person you need to know how to say their name, it's Lucas, all right? I mean, that that's just like the thing. You know you're going to talk about him a ton. There's going to be a ton of graphics. There's all this background stuff on it. And if you're going to butcher his name the whole time... and. <laughs> Oh man, it was so bad, and I I thought he was gonna catch on like mid game. He didn't, and it was brutal. I I had to mute my TV for a little bit. It was just it was so annoying. And Kevin Harlan would say Luka Doncic, and then Reggie Miller would respond with Luka Don Doncic like immediately right after. Maybe he just didn't hear it. Maybe he just doesn't have an ear for things know. like that. I just I don't is understand. Is he listening to him? Like is this one of these people to that is talking next to them and they're not listening to them but he just keeps on <laughs> or does he think he's right and he think he's one of those people he thinks like Harlan's wrong and he he thinks Imagine. he's on the right side of it and oh man, it was brutal. All right. Obviously, on the podcast today, we are going to get into the Mavericks' 103 to 106 loss to the New York Knicks. Their second loss to the New York Knicks, and uh. let's just start right here. We know you guys want us to be upset about this loss. To, you, I'm upset. You want I'm fiery Isaac? Are, are you fiery Isaac? Though it doesn't feel like you're fiery Isaac. I'm not fiery Isaac right now because it's just it's a little too early for me. I'm mad about a few different things. I'm confused about Tim Hardaway's minutes, especially towards the end of the game. Um, Yeah, there's there's some stuff that I get confused on and frustrated about, and I express through texting a few people that I wouldn't put on Twitter or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's I I need, yeah. It's too early? Like, what is it? It's It's, it's 10-10 where you live? Like. It's too early in the season. Right about 1.30 a.m. He's about to pop off. And, and I think there's a, there's been so many positives so far this season that they outweigh the negatives for me at the moment. You know, people, a lot of, gosh, Twitter right now is uh, is rough. But, um, you know, a lot of people are tweeting at us and like, hey, is this the team that we've been hyping up? Have we been completely wrong? Is this the real Mavericks and stuff? And Nick and I were talking about this before, before we hit record, but... I need more bad losses to uh, more bad teams. You know, we have when you look at their losses, you know, you're looking at a Lakers game, they're right in. A Portland team, I know they're down right now, but they're a playoff team last year that another one play away from beating. You know, they lost to a Boston team that's arguably the hottest team they're in the, the league best record right in now. the NBA. 
Yeah, so like th- those are three of the five losses. And then, yeah, you got two losses to the Knicks. But dang, that's the same team. And we've seen before good teams in any sport, they'll have a bad team out there that just has their number. And not just that, but this this team is really motivated. They had the energy, Isn't it, the KP stuff. Like, Aren't the Orlando – wasn't it that the Warriors, every time they played the Orlando Magic, they would lose? <laughs> like every single time for some reason? That the the Orlando just had the Warriors number, and that was the Warriors with Durant, Curry, Thompson, like Draymond, and all those guys. Like they just came, and for some reason they had their number. Now, of course, there's definitely things in this. We're not just saying that oh they have their number. That's end of story. But for- no, but but they went out in a Memphis team and a Cleveland team and beat them. I mean, easy. They beat them by 20. Like you're supposed to do that. Both of these two bad losses came against the same team. There's all this stuff with KP. It, it was. It's a completely different game. I mean, obviously you watch this game, or if you're at this game, I mean, Knicks fans, this is the most hyped they've been in, what, five years? This is their Super this Bowl. Is, this is the it, biggest it really game. Is. This is the biggest game the Knicks have had in, when's the last time they made the playoffs? 2013? 2012? I, I don't even it? know. That's seven, I mean, eight years ago. This will literally be the loudest the Garden will be all year, and it's yeah. it's because they're cheering against somebody from another team because their team sucks. They're not going to do anything this year. And literally, KP got the most energy from Knicks fans than anyone on that their roster will the whole season because they they'll suck. They'll be one of the best, one of the worst teams in the league. They'll probably get beat by twenty plus the next game. Yeah, that's just. Yeah, I mean, I saw Tyler Adams tweet that like, oh, the the Knicks fans have more energy than their team, and their team's awful. I'm like, they have more energy for a player that left their team. They don't have any energy for their own team. <laughs> it's all going towards Porzingis. Like, it has nothing to do with how much they love their own team. They, and I'm glad to see him like Dennis again. Yeah, how about That's that? That's cool. How about that? Yeah, there, there's so many little things like that, like Dennis going off in this game, uh, Mitchell Robinson. Just the, the Mavericks guarding in the post was just awful. The Mavericks allocation of minutes for their their big men was was very interesting there's more tim hardaway jr stuff he had 10 shots again in this game there's just there's so many different things in this game what's what's the biggest the biggest thing to me though is eight of 36 from three i mean you don't win games when you hit you know shoot eight of 36 from three and the knicks defense was fueled by that crowd that the energy in that building and defense is you know a lot of effort. There's a lot of effort that goes into defense, and I felt like those guys were defending today. I felt like they were really trying, the, the Knicks players were really trying to defend, and this is a playoff game for them. I mean, this is a big, huge, massive game, the biggest game in their entire season. And yeah. they came up and they showed up to play, and they defended the perimeter, and the Mavericks, you know, some of their threes were not great looks, but the Mavericks were also missing wide open threes too. Uh, mm-hmm. Curry again, 0-4 from three. That's a 40% shooter, and this is two games in a row he went 0-4. I mean, not, not what you want. I mean, you just don't win games when you're starting two guard. You know, it's 0-4 from three. The best three-point shooter on your team doesn't hit well. Luka was 3 of 12. That didn't really help. Porzingis, 1 of 5. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., 2 of 7. That's a that's a bunch of threes. Even like your role players. Brunson missed two. Maxi missed two. DeLon missed the only three that he took. I mean, you just don't win games when you miss threes like that. Some of that is due to the Knicks defense and trying and effort, and some of that is just the Mavericks just not hitting shots, and you don't win games like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's twofold things. You know, right now, I think fans are going on both sides. A lot of fans are going, um, pointing the blame at the players for missing shots, yet fans blame Rick for rotations and stuff right now. And we'll get into the rotation. 
Yeah, I understand uh, both sides. Of that going back to the Knicks thing, yeah, man, they fed off that energy. I mean, you, you, if I'm the Knicks after this game, if I'm Fizdale, or if I'm these players, and I'm talking to the media after the game, and I'm talking, and, and I want to uh, plead to the fans, I would be like, hey, if you want us to be a, a good basketball team or better than what we are, or play like this on a normal basis, show up to our home games and give us this energy, because. They obviously fed off that 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 atmosphere in there. You know, obviously we weren't there, but the atmosphere in the whole place it was like a lot of everybody expected the chants. Those were like some of the most clear, crisp chants <laughs> I've heard in a broadcast Unified. in a in a long time. Even though it still kind of confuses me, but sure, whatever they want to do. Yeah, I still don't know and, why they're so mad at him. Like, it's just, like the fact that they would call him asshole and like all this stuff. Like, I don't understand why they're that mad at him for. And these same people hate, their hate own James team. Dolan and hate oh, the I whole don't. organization. It's so funny. Uh, but, and, but they're all in agreement. No. All of all of the fans yeah. are in agreement that they hate Porzingis. This is not a, you know, even when, when Dennis left, like half the, half the Mavs fans were kind of split on it. And yeah. this is not split at all. So, hey, I don't know. Being a Knicks fan is its own experience in and of itself. But, all right, coming up, let's get into the rotation. Let's get into Luka. I think the biggest question and the most asked question we got on Twitter after this game was, why did Luka Doncic sit the beginning of the fourth quarter and come in at the six-minute mark? Why did he do that? So, after uh, – or coming up, we'll get into that. We'll get into Luka, the rotations, and all that. But before we do, Isaac – Use your basketball knowledge to prove that you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they made it easy to play and even easier to get paid. You can bet on games. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and mybookie will match 50% of your initial deposit. Send in that match 50% of your deposit. Promo code LOCKEDONNBA. All right, Isaac. So the biggest question we got after this game, uh, and it's a very frustrating game, understood. Why did Luca sit? Luca had a great run at the end of the third. The Mavericks went on a, a pretty decent run. They got the score. I think that, no, they was tied after the Porzingis putback, and you know everyone was saying, well, why did Porzingis or why did Luca sit the entire beginning of the fourth quarter? He came in at the six minute mark. Why did he do that? Uh, the answer is really easy. That it's his it's his rotation. I tweeted out a couple days ago the Mavericks visual rotation. And it's on this website. I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, it's like NBA Viz or something like that. And it's just visual rotations where you can see. It's just like on 2K where you can see the amount of minutes that players have been played on average. And it the average is how bright or how dark the uh, the line is. And Lucas goes, he plays the entire first quarter. And then he plays the end of the second quarter. Then he plays the be- beginning of the third quarter. Sits out. Comes in at the end of the fourth quarter. That is a classic he plays almost the third, the whole third quarter. He that is a classic star player rotation. You play the entire first quarter. I think Durant does this. Curry does this. Uh, I'm pretty sure Harden still does this. You sit. You play the entire first quarter. Play the end of the second quarter. The entire third quarter, and then the end of the fourth quarter. It's just. I mean, he played 35 over 35 minutes. They're not going to play him more than that. This is not a real playoff game. I know it felt big and it felt like a huge playoff game. This is a regular season game in November. I'm not going to play Luca. Yeah. 38, 39 minutes in this game just because you want to beat the Knicks and send a message or something, I guess, to, to your fans or to their fans. I don't, coaches don't yeah. think like that. Yeah, so this is this is not one of the things I'm fired up about or mad about is the Luka rotation fourth quarter stuff. It's everything you said. There's some games he doesn't even play the, the full first quarter. There's a lot of times he goes out. The, they kind of stagger him in the, in the first quarter. You see, they'll obviously start Porzingis and Luka. 
and Luca will stay in the game. Porzingis will check out probably normally around midway through the first quarter, somewhere through there, give or take. And then, but Luca will stay in. And then sometimes KP will come back in towards the end of the first quarter and Luca will go out and it'll give him kind of a head start heading to the second quarter. And then Luca will set out some of the second quarter, come back in for like the second half, the second quarter going to halftime. And then, like you said, third quarter, I mean, third quarter Luca. I mean, there's people that's been joking that, man, this is like a thing now. He had what, 15 points in the third tonight? I could, somewhere around 15 points. He went off again. That was insane. But you got to have the rotations. He's got to get a break at some point. We love Luca, and Luca's amazing, best player, and he's in better shape. But like you said, this isn't game seven of the finals. The, realistically, this is what, the 11th game of the regular season? Yes. So you're not going to. Okay, so he came back in around the six minute, around six minutes left in the fourth quarter tonight. If he played the other six minutes, he would be at 41 minutes tonight. <laughs> you're not going to play Luka, Luka Doncic 41 minutes. In the 11th game of the regular season and, against the Knicks. And so then, I, I mean, just, so, but if you start him in the fourth quarter, like a lot of people were saying, they're saying, well, he was on fire. So why don't you just put him back at the beginning of the fourth? Then when do you take you him out? Finish? Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, like, yeah then when the do thing. you take him out? Do you take him out just for like a three minute spell in the fourth, which they kind of do with Porzingis sometimes? They'll, they'll put him in there and take him out and then they'll put him back in with like three or four minutes left. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a conundrum. Like, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do with him and, at that and, point? And I think that and honestly, the, the Luca thing I had no problem with, like you said. Yeah, and honestly, the bench didn't do bad. Like they didn't. They held their ground in the fourth quarter. It's not like you know Luca went out, went out and the fourth quarter started and the bench unit you know all of a sudden dug him a ten point hole and Luca came in and it was just hard to come back at that point. It, they didn't really do that. So they they pretty much held their ground. But I get the frustration, Mavs. Like I get it. Luca is the best player, and I mean, I heard the other day Luca has the highest usage percentage right now in the NBA. I think, and everything runs through Luca. The best stuff that happens to the Mavericks runs through Luca. So I get it when he goes off the floor, especially after he's went off. It seems so drastic. It makes you mad, and you're like, "No, I want Luca in there all the time." And it's like you're just sitting there getting mad about. It. I get that for sure, but he he's human. He's got to have breaks. And the Mavericks led their only lead of the whole game, besides the first quarter, was when Luca checked back in. They had a one point lead. Luca checked back in, and they ended up not winning the game. I mean, it's it's not it's not math. <laughs> Luca goes in, the Mavericks yeah. win games. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like that. It should be, and I would like it to be. Okay. I have a lot of other questions about rotation yeah. stuff and who's playing and stuff. Luca's fourth minute, fourth quarter stuff is not one. Yeah, of them. got that out of the way. Okay. Um so Luca played 35 minutes, Porzingis played 33. Porzingis is post-ups. Can we stop? I mean, okay. this is Can this we is, just talk about his whole game as a this whole. This is real for quick? the summer. Just this is we need these for the summer and if you're going to try to win games this year and not make this a development year but make this a win now season where you actually want to try to make the playoffs. I don't want any more Kristaps post-ups, Kristaps, you know, pull-ups and weird things. Like, let's just get him, you know, these, these – it's the Carlisle thing over and over and over again. I need to do a better job of getting him bucket better shots, and it's not working. <laughs> That's not what they're doing. I think my biggest thing with his post-ups is – because this is something I've been, like, pushing for, and I get that. I realize that, and when I see it in the game, I'm like, oh, dang, I've been really pushing for KP to get post-ups yeah. in the paint. But – 
a lot of his post-ups sometimes come, you know, like 10 feet out, like 17 feet. I hate the far out post-ups. That's what I don't like. I hate when Marcus Morris is on him and he gets it and he's far away from the basket and he's like trying to like duck his head and create a little space and kind of face up a little bit. I'm like, I know I want KP to reach a point to where he's getting the basketball close to the basket. And then he's so tall to where he can do a shake move. He can do an Olajuwon type of move. Like that's the stuff he's got. They have to incorporate into his arsenal, whether they can do that mid season or not. I don't know. It might be a summer thing like you're mentioning, but I, I feel like it's there somewhere. Like where's the little jump hook. Can we get a little jump hook? And from we've like seen that six- from him before, which is weird, which is weird about some of this. I mean, there's a, there's a classic, I think they were playing the Mavs when he did like a, a dream shake move and, and rose up for a jumper, and you're like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. <laughs> that that's what I want to see. So I don't know if it's confidence thing or whatever. The thing with his post ups and the way the places he's getting the ball on the floor. I just finished a video for Free Dawkins. It should be up by the time you guys listen to this, but it might not be. Uh, it's about Pascal Siakam, and you can click the link in the description of the podcast to watch it. And there's a point where I talk about Pascal's post ups. Pascal's become. He's not a good post-up player, but he posts himself on different areas of the floor, and he's learned how to score on all different areas of the floor. He's averaging like 28 points a game this year so far. He's like top 10 in the league in scoring, and he's he's incredible. He's had this incredible improvement year to year. He has go-to moves. He has this spin move where he seals somebody on the, you know, wherever he, they are on the court. He uses the defender's body against them and rolls around them to get to the rim. But he has moves like that. And Pascal Siakam is also a threat to pass. He's averaging like four assists a game. If Porzingis is not a threat to pass, he's not he's not a guy that dishes a ton of assists. He had one tonight. He's had, you know, he has like one or two a game, maybe, but he's not a threat to kick out. And so if you're not a threat to kick out and you're holding the ball, and defenders have that, and, and this Knicks team definitely knows that because they a lot of these guys played with him. They know that. And so they're not going to be worried about about staying home and sticking with their shooter, especially with the Mavericks not shooting well either. So both these things come together, and all of a sudden you have guys coming out and stunting and, and you know, trying to swipe at the ball and coming out Porzingis, knocking him off his rhythm and doing all these things and coming to help, and you get these double teams because they're not worried about Porzingis kicking out, and they're not worried about the Mavericks hitting shots because they weren't hitting shots in this game. So those two things worked worked against the Mavs a lot in this game. Uh, yeah. Where it works for some other guys that can you know get away with these post ups like Siakam or Giannis is another guy that does this a lot, uh, and Porzingis just isn't to that point yet where he's a threat in those areas. He doesn't have go to moves and he doesn't have you know the passing ability to to get away with these things. So that's where I'm- I want to praise him. I, I want to praise him for a second because I, this was one of the first notes that I made on my phone when I was watching in the first quarter. One, I really wanted to see how he was going to react to just the environment and everything. Just the whole team. We talked about this on yesterday's podcast and everything. And, you know, the chance and everything. We talked about, hey, are they, is he going to be, is he going to press a little bit over, you know, early on? Is he going to be a little too aggressive? Um, and just the nerves and everything from that. And you saw it a little bit. And it was funny. I was eating dinner with my wife and, and little one at, at right in the opening tip, and he had a couple bad shots plays. And she she looked at me and she was like, "Hey, he looks like he's nervous." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's good, good, uh, uh, good observation." Because I, I think he was a little bit, but I I wanted to see how he responded. I expected the nerves, 
but I wanted to see how he responded to the nerves. And what I really liked from KP is his shot obviously wasn't going down. He just looked weird, you know, when he trying to do moves and stuff inside or whatever, made some bad decisions. But he was hustling and doing all the other little things that was impressing me the most. When he wasn't, because there was a danger inside of me that if he if his shot wasn't going down, that he would just melt down. It was going to be like Boston, and I'm like they're going to have to take him off the floor. It was just going to get in his head. But it didn't happen that way. He had three blocks in a game. He had 11 boards. He was contesting in the paint. He was hustling. Uh, he had a steal in the game. I just he he was so active outside of shooting in that environment. And whether you can say, hey, that's what he's supposed to do, and like all this different stuff, whatever you want to say about that. But I was just really impressed with all the other things that he did and how he responded to the nerves. I, I like that from KP. Yeah, his first couple of baskets, you know, were some of these post up type, you know dribble drive moves that he was trying to create his own shot, pull up jumpers and they weren't working for him. And his the first two baskets he actually scored were putbacks. I mean, he was, he was hustling. Like you said, he was going to the, the bucket and uh, yeah, he had 11 boards, four offensive, two of them, three of them, I guess were putbacks then. Um, that putback at the end of the half yeah. or third quarter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The there's Luca three third quarter, I guess. Yeah. It, there's, there's some definite holes in Porzingis's game, but he can still, he can still put up numbers, which is wild. Yeah, uh, he, that, and he, that's the that's the danger of all this is it feels like there's a lot of people that's talking about how bad of a season he's having so far, like a bad start to the season or however you want to frame the Porzingis stuff. And there's guys across the league that would love to be averaging 18 and eight and shooting 37 percent from three. This is all going into tonight's game. And that's not the standards that we're. You know, obviously the standards are bigger than that for KP, but he's still having a good season. It's just not where I don't think it's anywhere close to where it, it's going to be in the future. Yeah, and I wonder if a whole season with Carlisle and then an off season with the Mavs development staff. I wonder if that can help because this this summer was you know about rehab and getting it back to you know game shape and stuff, and maybe a full off season will help in, in that regard too. Okay, yeah. so we've talked. I think we talked enough about Porzingis. Um, yeah, man, I just, I still just hear the asshole chant over and over and over again. And I just can't, I can't get it out of my head. Next Dwight Powell's third in the Ma- on the Mavericks in minutes. Uh, we're going to go to the Dwight Powell drum Oof. again, 29 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, he had some incredible plays and, <laughs> but defensively we're going to harp on it again. He's just not a good defender. Randall was just killing him and. It's just it's it's tough for Dwight Powell to be the big that plays the most besides Porzingis to be your your big man against a, a team that was killing you in the post with Randall and uh, and uh, Mitchell Robinson as well and yeah I just don't think he brings enough to play as much as he does right now we're kind of getting back to to old Dwight yeah it was weird the Dwight um, gosh I don't even know how to word it but. Obviously, I was on the anti-Dwight thing a long time ago, like two years ago. For two years. Oh, yes. And over the past year, a lot of people try to win me over on that. Rick changed his role, and I started to come around. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, sure. He does his role well, but it's hard for me right now. Uh, I don't understand why Maxie didn't start to guard Julius Randle. I think Maxie's a way better defender uh, than than Dwight Powell, especially on the perimeter. Um, even going down to the Marcus Morris shot at the end of the game, I thought Maxie played it really well. 
I was originally, we're going to talk about Tim Hardaway and Dorian stuff in a little bit, but I was originally wanting Dorian on him. Like, why is it Dorian? But Nick was telling me, he's like, he reminded me that Dorian was on the court, but it was a jump ball and it was hard to match up. But I don't mind Maxi Gard and Marcus Morris in that situation. I thought he played yeah. him well too. Um, but yeah, the Dwight stuff, uh, man, the Mavericks just love him so much and Rick Carlo loves him so much and he's such a good guy and he hustles and all this stuff. But yeah, you do. And here I was texting you some things about how I was frustrated with Dwight. He had that play where he missed two bunnies. Like he rebounded his own shot and then missed another layup. Uh, but then it, you texted me, you're like, LOL, after I texted you that stuff because then he hits the three. Yeah. He has the offensive board and, and one. one. He, <laughs> Big he does place. The, he does the drive and he throws a pocket pass to Luca in the paint and Luca gets a layup. Like, what? Never seen him do that in my entire time watching the Mavericks. Like, what? Yeah, so he has those like spurts there. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. wow, good shot. But, um, but yeah, and these Knicks bigs, they're, they're weird. I, man, I really like Mitchell Robinson. The thing I was about say Mitchell, he's their best young player, but I guess R.J. Barrett is. But. The thing about Mitchell Robinson is all he was doing was like JaVale McGee stuff where he's just tall and he's around the basket, and whenever the big stepped up because the Mavericks perimeter defender got beat off the dribble, the Maxi or Boban or Dwight or whoever would step up, and then he would be available for the lob or a putback. I mean, that's, that's all he scored on. How many points did he finish with? He finished with 16, 7 of 8 from the field, and... You know, eight boards, three of them offensive. Like it was all just putbacks or lobs. And Can you imagine Luca throwing him lobs? Yeah, he he'd be he would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, he'd be amazing. He can defend the rim too, which is what Pal can't do, and that's what they want. Pal, they want him to be that that the, the to do the same role that you know Mitchell Robinson was doing, but he just is not a rim defender. So I don't know. Uh, we talk. Back I, to think, Mavericks I think we talk about Dwight Powell too much. Yeah, going back to Mavericks Bigs, I thought Boban gave him some decent minutes off the bench. Uh, he had he had fourteen uh, minutes off the bench. He was a minus three, but he was just he, he was could, asking for that that elbow to the face. Yeah, like, he should get it too. No offensive foul that he he was just oh, okay. He was. Tr- I thought they were fouling him, and he wasn't getting the call. I was the problem mad. is his elbows are the same you know height as Julius Randle's face. So anytime he like gripped the ball like you're supposed to after a rebound, and he turned, yeah. he was hitting Julius Randle in the face with his elbow because it's the same height. He was running so like so fast yeah. for his size. <laughs> was. I was amazed really getting was. him down the court. And yeah, uh, yeah I thought his minutes uh, were were decent minutes, but. Yeah, going back to the Maxi Dwight thing, uh, it just baffles me how Dwight just seems to have. I get it to an extent because there are times that Maxi has the, uh, I don't know other like an exact term, but I call it the the running back playing basketball. You know that we always have the <laughs> the running back in football on your high in your high school. Um, on your high school football team who plays basketball too, and they're kind of airheadish a little bit, and you hey, see kind of that you just haven't seen them those, out there. You haven't seen those Zeke Elliott highlights, that mixtape, man. Come on. The, <laughs> okay. the one of him playing basketball. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he does have some of those plays sometimes where you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But I just still think he's better than he's better than Dwight in that one. But that's not my biggest frustration. There's Dw- nothing that tops Tim Hardaway Jr. Dwight played – 11 more minutes than Maxi Klebo. That has to, has to be more equal, I think. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that, I that's that. frustrating for me. Even just the outside threat of Maxi. We went through the whole thing of how Maxi's outside shot is, you know, it's approved so much this year. I know he went over two tonight, but and Dwight hit a three. Shoot, <laughs> Dwight did hit a three. <laughs> literally shooting 40% from three. 
the threat of Maxi on the three point line, I think that alone is huge compared to Dwight, but oh well. I love when Dwight hit the three and Reggie goes, that's his second made three of the year. He's only <laughs> shooting 24% from three or whatever it is. And it was 25 and then I think he got it to 50 or you know 33 or whatever because he hit the one. Dang. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, the fourth most minutes on the team, 25 just about. He was four of 10 from the field. He had a couple of, of good looks that were catch and shoot looks and then he just still has these pull-up transition threes with, you know, 14 seconds left on the shot clock. And the thing about Tim Hardaway Jr. is in a game like that, in a game where it's super highly contested, buckets and baskets are really hard to come by because the other team's playing, you know, they're they're hard out on defense. You need a guy that can get his own shot, and the Mavericks have two of those guys, maybe three in Brunson. (laughs) They have Luka, Tim Hardaway Jr., and maybe Brunson that can get their own shot. And... So I understand playing him in a situation like that. It's just he's not good enough getting his own shot to play as much as he does. But the only I, but shot they, the that Mavericks I'm confident. Did, the Mavericks did need that skill set. He just isn't the right guy to do it. The only th- the only shot that I'm confident in when he takes it is when he's in the corner yeah. or he's on the wing yeah. and he's wide open and somebody hits him for a catch and shoot open three. That's the only one I'm a good shot, solid. Any other time, I it I was baffled in the fourth quarter, the second half of the fourth quarter, when they had Tim Hardaway out there and not Dorian. I, I mean, I was texting you in all yeah. caps. Okay, so I was I was so frustrated. Put Dorian out there, especially when Marcus Morris. You know, I think he ended up with twenty points, but he didn't do much in the first half. I might be mistaken on that, but I don't no, think he, he did. And but put Dorian back out there. It's not okay. I just I, I don't know. I, Here we I, go, Fire I can, Isaac. I can't understand it. Why? Why is he playing? Like I don't. Un, why is he playing late in the fourth quarter? That I, I I'm trying to figure this out. And then people, if y'all tweet one more time that to raise someone's trade value, and, and you plan somebody to raise their value, it's not. It's not this. It's not that. Like wait, you, you can. This I think it goes in reverse. Like there is a teams so have I, teams have advanced scouts and they watch players. And I'm just I'm Wes Matthews was was a whole was different. I've thought about this comparison a lot of the you know just watching both of them and I don't know I I don't know where I, where I, the Tim Hardaway stuff getting minutes in the second half fourth quarter I'm. I don't know. I was just shocked, but yep, it's not good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. And I'm, I know I, and we you know, we do this really... every time, and I feel bad because we harp on these two guys, Dwight and Tim Hardaway Jr. every single time. But Carlisle plays them the you know third and fourth most minutes out of any player. So I mean, yeah. they're big contributors, and so they what's what's the deal with Seth Curry because he's not shooting well. His if anybody should be upset with rotations, I feel like it should be him. He's getting weird rotations. He's like he gets the Courtney Lee treatment where he starts and then he doesn't really play for a little while, and then he just comes randomly back in in the fourth after he sits for a while. I just I don't understand his minutes right now. 
I think rhythm stuff means in a set role. I think it means more for him than a lot of players. If you go back to his time in Dallas a couple seasons ago when people were throwing out there, could he be our Jason Terry and all this different stuff? But it, he made it known he wanted to start. Like he, coming off the bench, it was different for him. But he figured that out in Portland, though. He had a set role in Portland of coming off the bench. And I, I just think, and this is, I haven't talked to him or anybody about him with this whole thing. In my opinion, I feel like him having a defined role in the rotation, whether that's for sure starter every single night, whether it's coming off the bench, I think that would mean a ton for him because, yeah, it's – I mean, well, his only bucket tonight was the offensive rebound at the end of the game. Yeah, the pullback. And, and, yeah, some of the out – some of the out – you told me this, but some of his outlet passes, they're not great to him on the, on the yeah, perimeter. Yeah, the, the kickout passes that are going to him for three, like the, the he has to take – he has to pick the ball up from the ground a lot of the time. Because they're not all coming from Luca, and the ones that don't are usually like around the ground. He has to bend all the way over and pick it up, and that you just can't get in a rhythm. A defender can close out on you quick enough, and he's not going to take a Tim Hardaway Jr. like pull up with a defender in his face, and so he misses out on a lot of threes in that way. And he chucked a couple of them tonight that you know obviously didn't go in. Yeah, I think one thing that I just found intriguing, whether you agree with it or not, is you know Justin Jackson got zero minutes. Didn't even check into the basketball game. Is this some? Is this a way that Rick is shortening the rotation? Some of hey, I'm just gonna play. You know, he played five guys off the bench. We did ask for that. We did ask for a shortening <laughs> of the rotation, and there we go. We got Justin Jackson out apparently. And I get, I get a lot of people. There's probably I haven't. Yeah, I'm sure there's people on Twitter just throwing fire at this of saying, hey, we why is Justin Jackson not playing, especially after a loss and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. But it, obviously, if he plays, that means minutes going uh, going away from somebody else. And I thought Delon had some right, had some moments, had some rights. Uh, I thought Delon had some moments in the game that uh, uh, were good plays, and I like some of the stuff that he brought. He was a minus seven. Uh, the plus minus on this game were kind of weird, to be honest. But honestly, because they you don't have matter. To, <laughs> you honestly have to go give the Knicks some credit too in this game. I mean, once again. They shot really well from the three-point line. They shot 43% from, from three, 13 of 30. They went on that stretch there. I'm like, everyone is hitting. Kevin Knox just threw up crap. I mean, Damian Dotson, he hit oh, he hit one three. But, I mean, Bobby Portis is two for three from three-point. And, I mean, we got to give him love. But first game back, Dennis Smith Jr. playing 29 minutes, played big-time minutes for him after Nilakina went down. And I don't know who struggled with names more, Reggie with Luca or Harlan with Nilakina. <laughs> he struggled with that. Uh, watch Reggie wins that award. I'm being, um, I'm joking around. Facetious. But I think uh, I think Dennis played a heck of a game. You Thirteen could, points, eight assists, six boards, two turnovers. He hit two yeah. threes. I mean, this is a new development for the Knicks. They haven't had. <laughs> yeah, you're happy for him. Uh, you, I mean, big time minutes and. It, it sucks. It was, I said this last time. It sucks because I don't dislike a lot of these, a lot of these guys on this Knicks team. I wanted to dislike Nilakina towards the end of that, and just. But I, I've been on that island. I still believe in him. I like Nilakina as a player. Uh, I love Mitchell Robinson. I don't know how I feel about R.J. Barrett, but Julius Randle's always just a, a tough guy in the post, and so like, I don't dislike this team. It's just it was frustrating losing a game like this, and. Ugh sucks <laughs> yep 
and that's all we got. I, th- I think we're done talking about this game. It's just yeah. very frustrating, and uh, at least they don't have to play the Knicks again. And hey, good for the Knicks. Good for the Knicks fans. Congrats. You guys won this game, and they won the first game. Like, there you go. What the hell else are you going to do the rest of this season? Because your team is absolute garbage. Like, good luck. Yep. Yeah, you're probably going to lose about 20 in the next game. But, hey, you won your two Super Bowls, and that's cool. There you go. Congrats. For 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 the Mavs, you got to turn the page quick. You're yeah. going to fly back from New York. You have uh, one day in Friday today that uh, you'll have probably off uh, traveling and all that stuff, getting back late and all this stuff. But uh, then you got the Raptors coming in, and, man, the Raptors have been looking good. They're so good. Fred Van Vliet and, obviously, Pascal Siakam. You've lost two games in a row, a little losing streak a little bit, but the Raptors are, are a good team. And then you got the Spurs coming up on Monday and you obviously have the Warriors next week on Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, this Raptors team, you don't want to lose three in a row, obviously, but I'm anxious to see what they do with Siakam on Saturday night and we'll have a post game pod for you on Saturday night. Yep. There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.